Hello and welcome to Living Life. It's so great to spend time in God's Word together. Today we're starting a new book of Malachi, which is the last book of the Old Testament. And through this book, the author seeks to expose and to rebuke the insincere religion of Israel, expressed in careless and dead worship. In all of this, the author will show all of us our desperate need for the gospel, which is the good news of God's grace. So how must we respond to God's grace in our lives? Let's read the text together. Malachi chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. A prophecy, the word of the Lord to Israel through Malachi. I have loved you, says the Lord, but you ask, how have you loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother, declares the Lord. Yet I have loved Jacob, but Esau I have hated, and I have turned his hill country into a wasteland and left his inheritance to the desert jackals. Edom may say, Though we have been crushed, we will rebuild the ruins. But this is what the Lord Almighty says. They may build, but I will demolish. They will be called the wicked land, a people always under the wrath of the Lord. You will see it with your own eyes and say, Great is the Lord, even beyond the borders of Israel. Do you have times of feeling indifferent towards God? Or do you fall into spiritual apathy? And this is my honest confession. I sometimes struggle in the morning to, with a desire to read the Bible or even pray. That's the last thing I want to do in some mornings. So if that's you, what can we do when our hearts don't desire God? And here's Malachi's cure for the indifferent heart in verse 2. Verse 2 says, I have loved you, says the Lord. God confesses His love over the people of Israel. This is the beginning. It begins with Him loving us unconditionally. And here's the difference between religions of the world and of the gospel. Other religions of the world say, If I obey, then God will love me. Whereas the gospel says, God loves me, therefore I obey. Religion starts with me. Like what I do dictates how much I'm accepted and loved by God. Whereas the gospel starts with God. We love because He first loved us. Going on in verse 2, we see that the people are not convinced that they uh, that God really loves them. So they ask, how have you loved us? And then uh, they're denying God. They're expressing their callousness of their hearts when it comes to receiving God's grace. They look around at their situations and things are not going well. Their economy is bad. They're living in poverty. They're barely making their ends meet. So they start questioning God's love for them, saying, if you really loved us, Things will be very different for us, or things will be very better, better for us right now. 
Likewise, we tend to look around at our situations for a proof of God's love to us. When we experience setbacks in career, health, academics, relationships, we can say things like people of Israel, God, if you really love me, you wouldn't have let me go through this pain, suffering. Every day I say to my children, I love you. But imagine if one of the children says, I don't believe you, Dad. You're lying. You don't love me at all. I cannot even imagine how much those words would hurt me as a dad. It would be a slap in my face. And that's what spiritual apathy is. At its root, spiritual apathy or cynicism is questioning or doubt of God's love. It's an insult to the nature of who God is. So, how will God respond to this insult? In the rest of the passage, God appeals to His love in His election. Out of Jacob and Esau, who were the twin sons of Isaac and grandsons of Abraham, God sovereignly chose that the promise of a son to bless all nations would continue through the line of Jacob and not Esau. And why is that? Was it because Jacob was so deserving of God's love while Esau was so undeserving? If you read Genesis closely, you'll find that there is nothing intrinsic about Jacob or Esau to prompt the choice. God didn't pick the better son out of the two. I mean, they were both pretty messed up. Yet, God elected to love Jacob over Esau. And this choice is traceable to nothing more and nothing less than the electing love of God. Israel, how have, Israel says, how have you loved us? God says, I chose you. I chose to uh, love you. I elected you. Look at what happened to Edom as a proof of God's love. Edom was a nation from Esau's line of descendants. They got what they deserved for their sin against God. They got utter destruction. Look at verse 3. But Esau I have hated, and I, will, I have turned this hill country into a wasteland, and left his inheritance to the desert jackals. On the other hand, Israel, which was a nation from Jacob's line, didn't get what they deserved for their sin against God. They get the sheer grace of God. Imagine a picture of a father adopts a child and loves him. And one day the child questions his father's love for him and asks, How have you loved me? If you really loved me, you wouldn't have left me in this pain. And the father answers the child, Look around, my son. I adopted you into the family. I chose you. You didn't choose me. And now I, everything I have is yours. You, you see, sin desensitizes us. Sin makes us numb. Sin makes us dull. Perhaps one of our greatest dangers as a Christian is becoming numb to the love of God. So how do we overcome our spiritual apathy to God's grace? We think about the cross. Think about what it costs God to shield you from getting what we deserve. You see, on the cross, utter destruction fell upon the Son of God. On the cross, Jesus was obliterated into a wasteland, subjected to cursing and the wrath of God. On the cross, Jesus was treated as an Edom so that you and I could be loved as Israel. So imagine someone came to pay off a debt for you. Uh, you find out that this debt is not just like electricity bill for a couple of months. 
but this is a back tax of several million dollars that you owe to the government. Like the amount of debt paid off determines your response to this friend. Like if he paid off a couple months of electricity bill, you would say, thank you, uh, thank you, buddy, I owe you one. But if you found out that this friend paid off several million dollars of debt that you could never repay on your own, you will fall at your feet and you will say, like, I owe you everything. And so you see the true remedy to spiritual apathy. This is the beginning. It begins with deep assurance of God's love for you. If you really are assured in your heart, uh, it will not allow you to remain cynical and apathetic any longer. So let's pray. Father, I pray that you would assure us in our hearts of your love for us in your Christ, in your Son, Christ Jesus. Give us a spirit of revelation and wisdom to know and understand your love for us in Christ Jesus. Give us new affections, spiritual affections for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. For a single soul, reaching a further and stepping in closer, see Jesus.